Welcome to the Purposeful Life Podcast. I'm your host, Nora Kanajan, a certified health and wellness lifestyle coach, NLP practitioner, and public health educator. This show is for the trailblazers who desire to live more mindfully, learn new ways to unlock mental blocks, step into their God-given power, lean on their faith, and truly embody their next level selves. Tune in every Monday as we discuss all things health and wellness, psychology, and current events that impact our overall well-being. Let's make some waves. Happy Monday! Ooh, fresh new week, fresh new start, fresh new podcast episode. This week's episode, I want to talk about why spring is the season of hope. I used to think that New Year's was it. New Year's Eve, you're just excited for the new year. You're excited for setting new goals, new ambitions, all the jazz. But when you think about it, just naturally, like when you're talking about nature and earth and what's happening in the world on a geographic, natural level, not geopolitical or human, you know, influence level, change doesn't really happen around New Year. It happens in the fall, right? The leaves are dying, they're falling, there's um, things are slower, it's colder, whatever. And then in the springtime, flowers bloom change happens. The warm weather starts to happen. So there's more physical change in the fall and spring. But because we've identified new beginnings in a calendar year, we've collectively decided that change and new beginnings and everything happens on January 1st. Well, that's not really true And I personally think that's why a lot of New Year's resolutions fail because it's fighting our nature. It's like the cultural traditional push, but when your body is saying, no, this isn't it, this doesn't feel right. And it's a little bit mass because of the excitement and that everyone's doing it and there's hype around it. But three weeks later or a month later, people fall off and then it doesn't become as successful as they hoped it would be. This is an interesting episode, and I want to know what you think at the end of this. Spring and hope are intertwined in the mind, the body, and soul. And this doesn't mean that all the other seasons don't bring hope. This, that's not true. But none of these other seasons can match the bounty of hope that greets us in the spring. My reflections on hope and the spring season are cast in terms of metaphors. I love metaphors. I'm a visual learner. I like making sense of the world around me and the experiences around me visually and with metaphors and uh, in a more poetic way. And I tend to learn and grasp information more from teaching styles that share their knowledge, the teachers that share their knowledge to make it seem more metaphorically or poetically or visually. So if you're like me, this episode might be interesting for you. So metaphors can reveal the inner structure of private feelings, right? For example, when we refer to high hopes, we're revealing something about the phenomenon of the hope experience, 
that is uplifting, it's energizing, it's exciting. Hope has been compared to light and heat. There's an American psychologist, his name is Carl Menninger, and he called hope the indispensable flame of mental health. And I thought that was an interesting metaphor. Spring also brings added light and heat, sometimes so suddenly that we speak of virtual spring fever. The first day of spring marks the vernal equinox, a balance of daylight and darkness. In the northern hemisphere, this amounts to an average increase of three hours of light since the winter solstice, which is roughly a a 20% gain. So with increased light comes a host of direct and indirect effects that improve mood and hope. Also with increased light effect is that we increase serotonin, right? Serotonin is produced. Serotonin is the major uh, excitatory neurotransmitter in the nervous system. And it's the target of many antidepressant drugs. I found an interesting study that was conducted by a psychologist named James Averill. And he and his colleagues surveyed individuals about their chances of realizing various hopes. And the average response was 50%. And for this reason, I believe that some kind of faith, not necessarily the religious type, but something essentially spiritual, using air quotes here, must be present to ground our hopes. Hope has been linked to a bridge that can actively transport the individual from darkness to light, from enslavement to liberation, from evil to salvation. Aristotle linked hope to a waking dream. Spring provides a bridge from the barren darkness of winter to the bright warmth of summer. The increased light points us toward the summer solstice. The softening earth invites us to plant seeds that will be transformed into flowers and fruits. The dormant grass comes alive to dot the fields of the hillsides and jogs our memory of the greener tapestry to come. Just talking about this, I'm just picturing myself in the field like Heidi, the um, story of the girl who lived with her grandfather. And I just think of just the mountains. And okay, granted, I live in Chicago, but I'm picturing mountains and just greenery and fields. True hope is never passive. It's always ready for springtime. There's a famous philosopher, Gabriel Marcel, who referred to the act of waiting that is sometimes required as part of the work of hope. And something I've witnessed in my practice, not just for myself, but with clients, is that more hopeful people are more likely to be in the active stages of change with respect to incorporating a healthier diet and more exercise into their daily routines. Hope has been linked as, quote, the best medicine, right? A client's hopes are that the coach or therapist has the secret weapon, or a patient has hope that the doctor has a life-changing treatment. They're hidden in the ingredients in any prescription, While anecdotes outnumber rigorous empirical studies, there is enough evidence to suggest that a hopeful attitude has a real and measurable impact on health. 
The healing potential of spring is undeniable. From affecting the remission of seasonal affective disorder, or SAD, to the increased production of vitamin D. Once ignored, vitamin D has become a staple of annual physical exams and a critical part of healing regimen to cancer survivors. Vitamin D is not a vitamin, it's a hormone. And when depleted, we feel the side effects of it, right? We might feel a little more sad. We might feel a little more depressed. And I'm using general terminology here, not diagnosing any symptom. But for myself, I've noticed that in the winter months, I have to increase my dosage of vitamin D because I have to substitute that since we're not getting enough sunlight exposure. And in the cold, cloudy winters of Chicago, that's almost necessary for everybody. And not saying everyone go take your vitamins, definitely talk to your doctor, but I am a very homeopathic individual. I love alternative medicine accompanied with traditional modern medicine and taking vitamins. I take them daily if I remember to, and I've gotten really good at it for the past couple of years. But vitamin D is an important one that I do not miss. If I forget any other vitamin, I won't forget taking vitamin D. Vitamin D is involved in promoting bone health, proper cell differentiation. And now that I've highlighted the importance of vitamin D, let's go back to the topic. Like spring, hope is a potent ally in sustaining health and recovering from illness. This is because hope is made collectively from the same biopsychosocial stuff that researchers have separated associated with well-being. A survey of oncologists revealed that more than 90% cited hope as the primary psychological factor that impacts mortality. In a research that I found, that HIV-positive individuals who were more hopeful were less likely to miss doses of medication and were independently rated by their case manager as more committed to sustaining their health. Hope can also be a safe harbor. There's an American writer, and I know I'm like quoting a lot of people here, but I've done a lot of research on this, which is why it's been a month of spring and I'm just getting into this episode. There's an American writer who advised that the very least you can do in your life is figure out what you have hope for. And the most you can do is live inside that hope. Not admire it from a distance, but live right in it, under its roof. And I think that's a beautiful advice. Like hope, spring also restores nature's niches, calling out the hibernating land animals and offering a homecoming to hundreds of bird species as well as the humpback whales that have left their breeding grounds for the winter. As humans, we too are called back to nature, to walk, to hike, to garden, to be outside. The second we get warm weather out, my friends and I are in a group text and we go for a walk and we try to do activities that don't revolve around eating and drinking all the time. So we're just going on a walk and that's all that we're going to do. And we're just going to enjoy nature and be. So we're called back to be social in, in nature. Hope is also linked to a trusted bond. Now this one is interesting. A good attachment is a linchpin that fuels all the other hopes of humanity. 
like I briefly mentioned before, mastery, survival, and spirituality. Until quite recently, psychology has paid little attention to the human need for contact with nature. A rare exception was Roy O'May, who was an American existential psychologist, and he suggested that there is an inevitable regret when humans go too long without immersing themselves in nature, their rooms, their bedrooms, and in environmental psychology, which is a relatively new field, is now in reinforcing these insights. One study showed that children attending a school with windows overlooking nature were less aggressive, less likely to be labeled as ADD or ADHD, and are more attentive in the classroom. If you want to read more about hope and spring and the bridge between the two and just how they're impacting us on a deeper level, on a collective level, there are studies out there that you can research and read about. And yeah, spring calls us back to nature. It invites us to embrace the world around us to be outdoors, to enjoy the warmer winds, to lift our spirits. I truly believe that the day the Lord created spring, he created hope. Or maybe the day he created hope, he created spring. Share your thoughts if you have any. I'd love to read them or hear about them. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you have warm weather. Wait, wait, before you leave, I just want to thank you for being here and listening to this episode. I would really appreciate it if you could share this podcast with a loved one, colleague, classmate, whoever you'd like, because together we can help spread encouragement, education, and inspiration to help others live out their purpose-driven lives. Thank you again for tuning in this week, and until next week, be well.